Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker Betting Show. This is your second Royal Ascot preview, previewing day two of the meeting. I'm your host, George Ellick, and I'm joined as I was on day one by Odds Checker's very own tipster, Andy Holding, and racing journalist and broadcaster, Johnny Ward, as well. We did our pleasantries in the in day one. We spoke about uh, the way that you need to ride uh, or, the, you know, the, the kind of horse you want to be going after at, at Ascot from Andy. We heard about the weather and everything else. And I heard about how you guys are doing. So we're going to ignore all pleasantries and move straight into the preview here. Uh, no time whatsoever to for, for small talk. And we're going to start with the Queen Mary stakes. Uh, before we get into this, though, do download the Odds Checker app where you can get uh, not only Andy's tips, but all our tipsters uh, straight through to the app. Uh, also, the best prices as ever, as we'll be talking through in this podcast and video. Uh, Bookie offers free bets and place terms, crucially, as well. So, do get the app downloaded right now uh, as we get into the preview. And kicking off with the Queen Mary, Andy will come to you first. Love Reigns, three to one favourite. Dramatised, nine to two. Maria Branwell, eight to one. Katie Content, ten to one. Fourteen to one. Omniqueen, Pillow Talk. Uh, Olivia Meralda, 16 to 1 bar. Uh, we're recording this on Thursday early afternoon. So these are pretty early, fresh uh, after five day decks as well. So, as is always the case, prices and of course runners subject to change as well in the coming days. But, Andy, how do you see the opener? Yeah, but obviously, being a time figure man, uh, the sight of a Wesley Ward um, trained horse puts the fear of God at me, to be honest, because you're only going on visualization and reputation, hype, a um, few videos of them working, etc., to kind of get gauge what how good they are. Um, I did actually kind of try and tinker around um, with Love Rain's performance at Keeneland and compare it to Golden Powell because Golden Powell ran over the same C and D. I think it, mm. it was either a couple of weeks afterwards. It might even have been early, but either way. There wasn't a great deal of period of time between them, so the ground shouldn't have been too much different. They both call or raced supposedly on good ground. Um, and Love Reigns was quicker from three out, and, and the overall time was in, uh, in comparison with, with the older horse. So she's obviously got to be very, very fast. She got over that fast ground at Keeneland as well, similar to Lady Aureli. I think we're dealing with that kind of horse, just looking at her as a specimen and the way she quickens and keeps mm. galloping. Um, so she's probably the right favourite on 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 previous history um, and what we can expect from her. So it's obviously going to take a useful one to beat her. But if there is one to beat her, it could well be the UK trained dramatised who I've backed for this race and put up as one of my horses to follow for the season when we did that podcast uh, a week or two ago. Um, she's just very, very good. Uh, her number when she won at Newmarket was exceptionally good for, for a two-year-old. And it was just the way she went about her work that day, showed push-button acceleration to pull well clear of a well-fancied field. And, and already the, the race has, has worked out really well. The runner-up from the George Boy camp has won a couple of races mm. subsequently in pretty convincing fashion. So everything about Dramatise is absolutely bang on here, uh, other than obviously track form. If she handles the track on the day, she gets a good draw. I'm sure with her cruising speed and the way she quickens, she'll be there or thereabouts. Whether she's good enough to beat Love Reigns, I don't know. But on the numbers, she should be certainly good enough to beat the rest of the UK horses. <laughs> Dramatised there. The one for Andy in the opener. Nine to two, best price with, with plenty of firms. Win only, would you go? Would you back, would you be backing Dramatised each way? Yeah, I'd, I'd go each way. I'd, I've already backed her each way, so um, that bet's safe. But um, 
if there was like five, four or five places on the day, you'll get a maximum field here as well. I guarantee you that. Yeah. Uh, what is the maximum field? I'm just having a look here now. Twenty odd, isn't it? Uh, 20, yes. 20, 24, something like that. There, there'll be absolute a clamour to get in. I, I know that George Scott who won with a horse uh, last night called Yahtzee at uh, Hamilton. They're going to roll the dice with her, and she's number thirty on the card. Um, and he, he said to me this morning, he was a bit worried that he might not get in. Well, if he's worried mm. he won't get in, and he's thirty, he can guarantee that they'll they'll be a maximum field of twenty four for this. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Johnny, how do you see the, the first race on the Wednesday? Yeah, I am going to agree with Andy here. I'm going to give up two horses. One of them is dramatised, really, really speedy pedigree. And obviously, the yard, plenty of nice two-year-olds as well this year. And absolutely bolted up first time out. That form is working out really solid. Looks all speed. I'm going to give Lady Tilbury a mention as well. Um, not quite as flashy, but in fairness, after she won on her maiden, um, Carl, or sorry, David Marnan said that this was the race she was going to go for. She didn't have to maybe prove that she was up for it by beating the Colts of Temporary. And she actually did it very well. Like maybe the distance wasn't that much, but she traveled like the winner throughout. She looked like a horse would be kind of suited by a big field. David Marnan, he's already had, I think he's had a couple of Royal Ascot winners for small numbers, which isn't bad. And uh, I think she's worth her place. I mean, it's kind of, I mean, again, I, I don't know what to compare the form with the, the US horse. The US Navy flag element of the pedigree of the Wesley Ward horse will worry me because anything to do with Warfront I tend to stick away a, a mile away from. Maybe, maybe maybe she'll be okay, but I just don't like anything to do with any Warfront horse or anything by a horse by Warfront I tend to avoid. Um, but maybe maybe she will be that good. But I think Lady Tilbury looked very good at Tipperary and to me looks like that bit of experience will stand to as well. She's quite professional. She should run a big race. Lady Tilbury, 16 to 1. And what was the first one? Dramatised. And that was dramatised. And dramatised again. Sorry, yeah, 9-2. to two. Uh, So both Andy and Johnny agreeing on dramatised at 9-2. to two. And Lady Tilbury, 16-1 to one best price. That's with Coral, the shortest 10-1 to one elsewhere. Uh, Johnny, we'll stick with you for the Queen's Vase. Changing of the guard is the 5-1 to favourite. Joshi joint favourite uh, with Hafit, 5-1 to one as well. Uh, Nahani, 6-1. to one. Uh, Newfoundland, 7-1. to one. Al-Kareem, 10-1 to one, uh, with Elder Elderov. Also 10 to 1, 11 to 1, perfect alibi uh, and ruler legend 12 to 1, 14 to 1 bar. Yeah, Andy mentioned trying to make the run in here. Um, I thought changing of the guard had a reasonable chance to depth. He was made to look pretty slow. And um, it's asking a lot if he were to turn out here again, he'd probably make the run and looks like a mile and six will suit him. Um, whether or not, I mean, he had a very hard race at Epsom and he lost fourth in the closing stages after sort of having the run of things. And to me, he looks he looks a little bit vulnerable. I thought this was a tough race, to be honest. Um, Newfoundland, his stable mate, is obviously half interesting. Whether it's a good enough race that he won at Navin last time, he, he, he does look like he'll stay very well. Um, and I don't know, the likes of Emily Dixon coming in as well for Aiden. She was a bit disappointing in her in her trial for the Oaks. I found this very this race quite difficult. He has anchorage as well. And um, for me, he's my tense of selection. He just looks like a horse who will appreciate stepping up and trip. Very very tender handling by Ryan Moore at Curra the last day. You look at his the way he was ridden at Turles, ridden like a complete nutter stayer uh, as a two year old by Jamie Heffernan. And uh, it'll be interesting to see the riding arrangements here. I'd be against change of the guard. I think he's quite ordinary, and hopefully Anchorage runs. Um, and if he does, I think he'll be ridden a, with a lot more force than he was at Curra when he was very much uh, looked after by Ryan Moore. Anchorage 20 to 1 with Paddy's Betfair Sportsbook and Unibet at the moment, the one for Johnny, and a negative for changing the guard at the top end of the market. Uh, Andy, do you agree with that? Yeah, obviously changing the guard is is the the sexy one that represents the derby. I'll be, I'll be amazed if if they run him again here uh, mm. after having such a hard race. They'll probably go with the locks of Newfoundland, the ones that missed 
Epsom, uh, and have probably been saved specifically for this race. Yeah, he's got an amazing record, Aidan, in this in this contest. So you'd have to respect anything he runs. The, the interesting runner for me is uh, Eldar Elderov, um, who won uh, over an extended mile as a two-year-old. So you knew that stamina was going to be very much his key component uh, as a three-year-old, and he won a very very hot race at Newcastle uh, on his seasonal reappearance. Um, there was about four or five fancied in that. And they went a proper pace, and his stamina again was the uh, the key um, to to his victory. And you look at his pedigree as well. He's bowed Dubai out of an all at sea by all at sea. Um, he's related to horses like uh, Alignac and um, Algamita, um, horses that stayed a mile and a half, mile six. So he's he's crying out for further than a mile and a half. Um, and like I say, if you go back and watch that race at Newcastle, that's where he did all his best work in the back end of that. Uh, mile and a quarter race, so mm. yeah, he's he's a, just a very very interesting runner, um, and I like his I like his profile as well. He hasn't had too many hard races. He's improving. We don't really know how good he can be. We know he's good, but whether he's going to be up to this standard, um, only time will tell. But I've got a sneaky feeling he's not not a million miles off some of these. Yeah. Elder Elderov is currently uh, best price ten to one. Uh, that's with Paddy's and Betfair Sportsbook again. A short's thirteen to two elsewhere. So that ten to one really is uh, best price you're going to get uh, currently. Uh, move on then to the third race on the card. It is the Prince of Wales Stakes Baybridge, the Progressive Baybridge versus Michael Stout is the five to four favourite ahead of the uh, Japanese Globetrotter uh, Shariar at one hundred thirty. Um, State of Rest seven to one, Grand Glory eight to one, Lord North eight to one, Dubai Honor fourteens, Adaya sixteen to one, Broom thirty three to one. Uh, race cut up a fair bit uh, today, Andy. Uh, how do you see it at this stage? Again, you know, for anyone who did listen to day one, go back and listen to it. But with Shariar, you've got a, a an unknown quantity in taking up a fair chunk of the market. We have, but I think you know, we, right, racing fans around the world have got a huge respect to anything the Japanese run nowadays. They yeah, was so cleaned up over in Dubai, but they had a very good uh, carnival in general terms. And and uh, Shariar was one of the stars, wasn't he? Won the Shima Classic. It was a stellar lineup, proper Group One, run at good pace, and you know he, he won it with a bit of authority in the end. Um, but he's going to have to be very very good to beat Baybridge. Baybridge is the new kid on the block for me in, in this division. Um, when he won the London um, Gold Cup last year, uh, me and Sam would do the figures. We were like looking at each other, thinking. Yeah, this lad's going to be a group horse uh, mm. sooner rather than later. And as times uh, worked itself out, he, he's, he's found himself in the in the sort of bracket that we thought he might get to, i.e. group one race. Um, he's now rated 121, courtesy of his victory at Sandown, when he went by Mustadaf as if he was standing still. And listening to Jim Crowley's comments the other day when he was interviewed on TV, he said he could not believe it that that horse went by him within the twinkling of an eye. Um, his back-end work was exceptionally good on the clock. His overall time was good. Um, he's just tailor-made for this track as well. You, you look the way he, he, he travels, the way he hits the line, the way he finishes off his races. Um, everything about him is just top class. Um, and, in, you know, Sir Michael's obviously now got an embarrassment to riches uh, to choose mm. from, hasn't he, in, in, mm. in all divisions, including, obviously, Desert Crown, the, the Derby winner. Keeping these two apart is going to be the, the, the problem, I think, uh, towards the back end of the season, because I do think Baybridge at some stage will get a mile and a half. But for now, he's the best thing I've seen for a little while over a mile and a quarter on these shores anyway. So the Japanese better bring their A game to the table with this fella. <laughs> 
just whilst we've got you on, um, you know, using Bay Bridge as a segue into the Derby and a Desert Crown, uh, always good to get your thoughts when you see a, a scintillating performance like that. Um, where, I mean, how strongly and how highly do you rate, you know, let's say in the in the company of other Derby winners in the last 10 years or so, uh, Desert Crown, where does he rank? Well, I thought it was a good Derby going into it. Um, um, there was a lot of horses with a lot of big figures, good reputations, you know, your Pisba deals, your changing of the guards, walk of stars. There's a lot of horses with a lot of untapped potential. They'd already run some good time figures as well. They all represented the best trials scattered around here, then everywhere. Obviously, the Chester ones, the ones, the Ballysacks, the, the Lingfield Derby trials, they all look good. Obviously, Desert Crown won his Derby trial in really convincing fashion and was a worthy favourite, you know, the winner of the Dante. And yet, he managed to beat all the others. Um very, very comfortably. It was just the way he moved through the race and that mm. instantaneous mm. turn of foot which stood him out from the rest. And the good thing about him is, well, he's got a bomb-proof temperament. You know, he went through all the razzmatazz, the fireworks, the well-documented fireworks, mm-hmm. um, you know, the jazz on the hill. And it just didn't phase him at all. He had loads of energy left for the back end of the race. Um, so it's going to take a really good one to Larry's colours. Obviously, once he gets against the older horses and there's a good bunch of older horses, then... Um, We'll see how really how good he is, but um, yeah, he just stands out. Um, just a very, very good horse, and I was lucky to see him in the flesh. So um, yeah, I'm obviously gonna think even more highly of him because of that. Always special seeing in those, you know, in a classic, no less, when you see a horse coast to the front, pretty much on the bridle. Um, always amazing yeah. to see. Johnny, what did you make of that performance? And also, just a word on um, those Westover backers who, who seem to think that uh, had Rafe Beckett's. Our horse had a clear run. Uh, would have been closer, surely not. Surely doesn't come inside in front of me. Pat had, yeah. had the race put to bed. Yeah, it would have been closer, and like then that horse sets mm. up to Ledger Cliff for sure. But the you know Desert Crown, the way he travelled in the race, he, he was by far the classiest horse. And considering his inexperience, it was a hell of a performance. And yeah. as as uh, Andy mentions for. Sir Michael South to have these two horses all of a sudden around the same time um, after so many barren years. It's funny the way it works out, but I thought it was a sensational performance. I think, presuming he gets a Midland draw on the arc, I think he's going to be very hard to beat. He will be. Uh, let's get back to Royal Ascot. Always wanted to, to chat about what we can. Uh, but Baybridge here, five to four. Andy, uh, keen to be o- alongside and with Baybridge. Uh, would you agree with that? Or are you looking to, to find one at a, at a bigger price to take him on with? Currently, of course, yeah. most firms are, are a quarter of the two after, I think, what is it, seven runners at the moment? Yeah, and, and that's that's obviously an issue if you want to back the likes of State of Rest, who for me, I mean, it was a staggering achievement. He was going to win four group ones in four different countries here when he went and mm. run the Tassol World Cup. And for me, he was unlucky because... High definition, completely left field for me. He made the run and uh, he hadn't been ridden like that at all. And he very nearly pinched the race. You could see at the top of the straight, he quickened. And Joseph O'Brien's horse just caught out of his ground. He's ahead just after the line, but just couldn't quite get there. And I think he was the moral winner of the race. He will run well. But Bay Bridge for me, totally the new kid on the block. Best horse the stallion has produced by some stretch already. And that performance in the Brigadier, Jared was absolutely sensational. I mean, Adib looked like he wasn't even there. Not to mind the horse in the second absolutely bolted up and for me he's one of the certainties of the week here i'd be amazed if he were beaten amazed if he were beaten um see what the japanese have to say about that mm. five to four uh bay bridge favorite there for the prince of wales uh, three more races on the card on wednesday uh starting with the duke of cambridge uh saffron beach nine to two i mean a, a very very open uh market there saffron beach uh nine to two joint favorite with lights on uh mother earth five to one six to one uh bashkarova uh, eight to one uh potapova 
Siblia uh, Spain eight to one, November eight to one, uh, Primo Bacchio twenties alongside Bounce the Blues thirty three to one, Canella fifty to one, Thunder Beauty. Johnny, we'll stay with you. I think Mother Earth. I think she leaves that performance behind Bay behind her. I think they wrote her too promptly on that occasion. You look at her performance when she ran against Bayed here in October. Far, far stronger race than this. She was given her usual sort of hold-up tactics on that occasion. She looked very good in her reappearance as well. I think she'll run very well. I presume this is the race she'll go for with her. As Andy mentioned, there are some options for these O'Brien horses, but she's very solid each way. Um, small stakes for me this race. Small stakes each way. Mother Earth, five to one. Andy? Yeah, I've, I've had relatively strong views, as you can always, already gather, about lots of the races we've discussed already, but this one is totally the opposite. Largely due to the fact that I think just think there's too many unknowns. I don't know much about um, Sibla Spain, with a great respect to Chris, um, Christopher Head's horse. Um, who's going to run? Who's going to represent Shevely Park? I think is mm. very important to know because they've got three entries at time of recording. Lights on. The likely target seems to be this race for me. She's had a rest since her last run, whereas Baskarova and, and um, Potapova ran a course at Epsom. Uh, finished first and second respectively that day. So you would have thought that lights on naturally would come here, particularly Sir Michael Stout's got such a good record in the race. But Ryan Moore's jocked up to ride, to ride her in the in the Queen Anne, which just seems a little bit odd. Um, if she was to come here, lights on, I'd I'd make her a bet. She's a C and D winner, which looks great. She won well at Sandown, um, so she would be the one for me at this current moment in time. If I didn't know any jockey arrangements or I knew what was going on. If she didn't come, then obviously Saffron Beach would have to be worthy of a huge mention. Um, fourth in a grade one, of course, um, or group one uh, over in Maidan, um, behind Lord North. Um, and, you know, she's beaten a lot of these fillies at grade one level. Um, so I think she deserves to be right up there in the in the conversation who's going to win this race. But uh, again, because I'm probably going to put nothing up as a bet at this moment in time. Um, but if you were going to twist me, you always probably do in the end. Um, <laughs> um, I'd probably go with lights on and hope that she comes here and not runs in the Queen Anne. There we go. We said it was an open race and we managed to positive mentions to the top three in the market. Um, lights on 92, Saffron Beach 92 and Mother Earth 5 to 1. Tentative uh, at best from both Andy and Johnny there uh, for the Duke of Cambridge. Uh, on to the Royal Hunt Cup now, uh, where Dark Shift is the eight to one favourite ahead of Astro King at nine to one, uh, Legend of Dubai twelve to one, uh, Busala fourteens, Totally Charming also fourteens, Magical Morning sixteen to one, um, Great Gadian twenty to one, uh, Mujtaba twenties as well, and a couple of others around about the twenty to one mark. Two another race where plenty have come out, Andy including the only horse I'd backed anti post in Royal Ascot, <laughs> which is really exciting for me. Uh, Andy, how do you see this? Yeah, f- funny, funny enough, I managed to dodge a bullet only because the bookmakers were so stingy and offering up as short as eight to one about one ruler um, mm. anti-post. And I thought, oh, there's no one going to take eight to one. I can get seven or eight to one on the day with six, seven places uh, after his eye-catching run in the Victoria Cup. But um, he, he doesn't make the gig, which is a little bit of a surprise. Um, yeah, obviously the draw is going to pay huge, huge... Um, um, I was going to be very important to know come, come the race day. Last year, low numbers dominated. Real world won it over on the far side. Um, when it went against conventional wisdom, when we all thought it was going to be high based on what we saw the previous day. Um, draw aside, I think there's one horse that just jumps out the pace to me in a race like this because it just from a reliability factor, I'm pretty much sure that he's going to run his race and he loves it here at Ascon. That's Symbolize. 
Um, his last two runs here have both been behind Aldari, who I think is, other than Bayeed, probably one of the most exciting horses um, in his division. I think he's worked his way through the handicap ranks now, and he, he's, he's dining or will be dining at the very top table. And of course, connections, the Hamdan Amak team callers have got the option of Bayeed and Aldari at Ascot, depending on which way the weather goes. Let's say, mm. for instance, later on in the season, the QE2 is on bottomless ground. They probably wouldn't run Bayeed. And they'd save him for, you know, like the, something like the, the champion stakes or even the Irish champion stakes on better ground when he, his action will um, be much more suitable to that terrain. Uh, but symbolise, like I say, that those two runs just uh, rep- representative of very, very high class form. He looked as good as ever on his seasonal reappearance by, behind Mutasarbeck um, in a, a conditions race. But that's basically up against a group, th- group two, group three horse. And um, we know the Baldwin team are in great nick as well. So... If he gets a good draw on the day, and I think he's only got undone once at Ascot, and that was due to the draw, um, then he's got to be there or thereabouts. So, um, yep, symbolise for me each way. What was it, 16 to 1? 20 to 1. 20 to 1. And I think Harry Davis has already been booked up to ride it as well. So, the Balding team are obviously uh, out to take advantage of that young Mr. Davis and uh, eject David Probert, who usually rides the horse. <laughs> 20 to 1 symbolised there. Um, the one for Andy in the Royal Hunt Cup. Uh, Johnny, uh, anything you fancy in the, in the what is it, the third last race? Uh, the second last race of the day, or the third last? Yeah, I've got to mention San Andreas, who I seem to lose money on every time he runs. <laughs> and he has a chance. He's tied in with Paul Pedro on the running in the Sovereign Path Handicap at Leopardstown last year. And this race is well worth watching back because he was running off the same mark, Bo Pedro's run off the same mark in 103 as he runs off here. Now, you have to forgive him his form this year, but he's no issues with the straight tracks, whatever. He bolted off a cork before over a straight seven, despite the fact seven was too short for him. And on that run at Leopardstown, this horse is, is a really, really good chance to win the handicap if he can bounce back to that sort of form. Jessica Harrington's horses are in grand form at the moment. I think they've probably been training him for this race, training him for Royal Ascot. And, and as I say, he's in off the same mark. Big field is fine for him. Straight course is fine for him. Um, I think if, if he's a bit of luck and running and he's back to form 25 to 1 or thereabouts and he gets okay with the draw, um, I think he's very interesting. Bo Pedro, 25 to 1, as you say, they're pretty much across the board. A couple of firms already going five places. I'm sure we'll get more on the day as well. But Paddy's Betfair Sportsbook, SpreadX and Betfred, the four firms currently four places uh, at the moment, fifth or four rather than a quarter. Sorry, fifth or five rather than a quarter to four. Uh, the penultimate race on the card, but the last race that we have prices for um, is the Windsor Castle. Uh, the Antarctic is the six to one favourite ahead of Wallbank at nine to one. Uh, you sat twelve to one, Bolt Action twelve to one, Far Shot twelve to one, uh, Olivia Moralda twelve to one. Um, Andy, c- coming to you first here on on Wallbank because for those who've listened or watched Day One's preview, they will know that you're a big fan of the horse who um, beat Wallbank on debut, who's favourite for the Coventry at time of recording. Uh, could be a nice little related double, couldn't it, for, for those two to both go in? Yeah, I'll, I'll be pretty convinced that Wallbank will run um, run big in whichever race he, he ends up running in. Um, mm. I, I've had a few good on him for the Norfolk, so um, yeah. I'm hopefully he sidesteps this. I, I know Ross Arai's been jocked up to, 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 to ride it, according to this, but I wouldn't actually... Um, Tag that as red just as yet. It'd be surprised okay. if Ammo Racing go down the route of running him in this weaker race and not go for the prestige of winning a Group 2 with a horse that they think is their best five furlong sprinter or two-year-old sprinter. 
that would just seem really odd. But look, if he runs here, I think he'll win it, and I think he'll win it easy if he does run in the Windsor Castle, because he'll just be by an absolute country mile the, the best horse in the race, based on his track form. He's run behind Noble Star, his time figures. Um, he's just a very, very fast horse, Wellbank. Um, so yeah, he he he'd be my number one choice if he, if he does run here. I'll, I'll just pay a little bit of regard as well to another horse who clocked quite a big number last time out, having looked as though he was fairly exposed, and that's uh, Wadoo of Donica O'Brien's. Um, Donica's two-year-old just seemed to be coming through quite nicely. He had a nice win at Cork last night. He'd had a couple of runs, a nice filly, um, Bado or Badeo, whatever it's called. Um, and I was really impressed with the way this horse won last time out at Navan. Uh, he got beaten by the Antarctic twice prior to that, so you think, mm, is that as good as he is? But uh, he just seemed to come of age last time out, and he's like mm. I say, his time figure was exceptionally good. He hit the line really hard. That's the first time he's run over a really stiff track. I know Nace is stiffish, but not as stiff as Navin. Um, so I think Ascot will suit him. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd 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 certainly have a look at him at a price with Doe. But uh, yeah, if Wellbank was to come here and I was to do my money not in in the Norfolk, then I'd certainly have to try and get it back big time. What price do you reckon he'd go off if he did turn up here? I'd be amazed if he wasn't favourite. Mm. But it's interesting because, as, as you say, nine to one now. But as you say, he's nine to one he'd... at the moment. Yeah, he, he he'd be favoured if he runs. There's no, absolutely no question in my mind. Nine to one at the moment. You, you think you know when when a horse has dropped up, um, you know that would be factored into the price maybe because if it, you know anyway, nine to one as it stands at the moment, we'll, we'll certainly shorten if intentions are made clear to uh, to take up this entry. And Wadeo, uh, sixteen to one best price. That's with Coral. Uh, Johnny, yeah, I think that's I think that's basically um, not enough respect for David Lachnan. He's actually a goalie man like myself, and he's done really, really well in England with his horses. Mm. And like he was raving about this horse after he won. As Andy says, the form he just looks so fast. I'm yeah. I'm hoping that I'm hoping that um, little Big Bear doesn't come here because I'm not sure he's going to beat him. Um, and I hope he steps up to six furlongs. Wadeo was good the last day. He looks like he's steadily improving. But this lad, I mean, I'm very surprised he's 9-1, to one, to be honest. If he were with a bigger yard, what price would he be? He's so much yeah. speed. Um, yeah, uh, to be honest, I'm I'm going to be rushing away from this call to back that. <laughs> Nine to one best price, Woolbank. I mean, are you not concerned that he might, he might, he might go to the Norfolk, as Andy said? Yeah, that's the concern as well. But I mean, are you going to... I mean, what price does he go if he runs? And he looks, to me, he looks... This is probably the race he'll run in. Um, I don't really have a line to my fellow Galwegians yard, but um, I, I'd probably dutch my bets and do both. But nine to one, yeah, I'm happy to take that. And maybe we'll see what uh, what sort of um, moves he makes the next couple of days, David. But uh, that's that looks a, I don't know. I think he's just been, on, the trainer's been underestimated here. And Dave Lucknan's done very well in his short few years so far in Britain. And has probably just been waiting on a good horse like this. Mm. Put, put it like this. He's a shorter price to win the Norfolk. And the Norfolk is a much tougher race than the Windsor Castle, traditionally anyway. Yeah. But I, I can tell mm. you that for nothing, mm. that he's, his numbers are miles better than anything else in the Windsor Castle. And, and yeah, it makes no sense why he's 9-1 to one to win this. And yet, like I say, I think he's a short six to one to win the Norfolk. Especially without, the, you know, there's, there's no exchange market. You know, if he, was, if he was trading 30 on the exchange for this because he, because he wasn't going there, then you'd understand it. But yeah. Whether the yeah. you know connections are just looking and think, well, we want to roll Ascot win, and we want to make sure that you know we we put the right uh, pegs in the right holes, um, and and just have the prestige of having a winner rather than trying to go for gold, yeah. as it were, and win the Norfolk. Um, Weirdly, the Norfolk isn't listed in uh, in his entries, but that might just be a glitch. Um, it's, it's still being priced up. 
anyway, I mean, we'll get yeah, to that. No, there's, no, there's, there's no yeah, interest yeah. for the it, there's no interest for the York. It'll arrive the, tomorrow. I think the North yeah. is on uh, Friday, Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. So after five the decks tomorrow. Well, yeah. if, he, if he's if, if he's put in. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Well, if you listen to this podcast and, and you get a chance to look at the entries tomorrow, because they'll be yeah. through for Thursday, then if he's not there, then you just jump just crack on and back on. in for nines of the, for for the uh, for this race. Yeah. And that yeah. would be a bet at nines, as we've said. Yes, right. So a bit of a puzzle there to try and find the value. And also by the time this goes out, um, it'll probably all have become clear. And um, what we're saying will make absolutely no sense. But that is the beauty of these uh, preview pods, how things change so quickly. Uh, the last race on the card is the uh, Kensington Palace Stakes, um, which we saw the, the first running of last year um, in 2021. Um, no prices here, uh, but you know we, we can see a list of, of many, many... Um, of those who are, who are currently in to to uh, to race on the day, any standing out? I'm not I'm not going to run through the, the 40 odd horses that are in, but Andy, uh, Johnny, any that you kind of got a, a ring around, looking forward to, to seeing when prices do come out. I'll just give a quick mention to Zia. I really fancy Celtic Crown. that won the race to Curra the last day, and she's basically she's only starting off in handicaps. She's only a four year old. I thought that was a big big run considering her lack of experience. But obviously, you're you're not even sure about the weights here. No prices, mm. so it's yeah, it's definitely one to wait, wait until uh, Monday night. I think. Yeah, Andy. Um, I I think we need to have a look at last year's race and with a, with a positive view to <coughs> connections coming back to try and hear that salvage something or, or win it again obviously um don't tell claire won it so she's got to be given a huge mention um and state occasion was second to, to don't tell claire in that aforementioned um race back in october so as i'm thinking of the raw meeting course it wasn't it was back in october but um i think state occasion is definitely one i'll have a look at um the rafe beckett team are in really really good form at the moment anything he's mm. running here this week i'm going to be taking a serious serious look at um, the fact that she's run and run really well around here, um, obviously stands her in good stead. She was a good win on the all-weather 18 days ago, so she should be absolutely bang on. Um, and if she gets a good draw on the day, then I'd definitely be having a look at state occasion. You mentioned Steve. Rafe Beckett. I, I, there was, I was having dinner last night in Cork and trying to watch the Ireland game on my phone and basically <laughs> put up an Instagram. So there was a photo of Samuel Beckett um, on the wall, and he was drinking a pint, like kind of in a in a in a get this point down on me type manner in the photo. So after, after the game, I basically just put up like Beckett knew the score with a photograph of Beckett on Instagram, and Fran very replied to the effect, "Yeah, Rafe did when he got rid of me." So uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no way, <laughs> his horses are in good nick, all right. Uh, yeah, no prices, as you say, uh, but state occasion, one to look out for. And as Andy says, maybe all of Rafe's sources uh, over the course of next week. Maybe he'll, he'll do some luck after um, you know his chance in the, in the derby. Um, we met traffic in running. And uh, as you say, Johnny, for you, uh, Hezia uh, for Joseph O'Brien, one to keep an eye on uh, come Monday evening. Uh, that brings our Wednesday, day two of Royal Ascot preview to a close. Thank you very much to both Johnny and to Andy for sharing their thoughts. Uh, this is a bit of a marathon um, recording session. We're about to record day three in a second, so do keep your eye out there and subscribe to the Odds Checker YouTube channel. Uh, you can find all of our preview content and plenty of other feature content up on there as well. And you can find all of these previews as a podcast as well. If you're bored of looking at our mugs, um, you can find them on all podcast platforms too. So do check that out and download the Odds Checker app where you can get Andy's tips every day of racing 
as well as the best prices available uh, across all the bookmakers on the app and free bets, bookie offers, uh, place terms as well, the quickest place to find all of those things. Uh, so do download that now ahead of next week's racing. Uh, hopefully a couple of winners and a bit of value in there for day two. Uh, do check out day three, but enjoy the racing either way. And always, as we always say on the Check Betting Show, uh, hopefully some value here, but do ensure that all of your betting is done responsibly. <laughs>